Hi everyone, we're here with another episode of What Cause Inspires You. I'm here with Carmen Hernandez. We actually just finished interviewing with NBC and we're in the beautiful city of Chicago. A little bit of background about our speaker today. Carmen Hernandez just graduated two years ago from UIUC and now works with Catholic, uh, Catholic, charities. Catholic Charities as a family in tech worker. She's extremely, extremely passionate about social justice and helping children in general. And she was born and raised in Chicago, but originally from Mexico. Anything else, Carmen, that you want to add? No, that was great. Thank you for having me today. Of course. We'll just get started by telling us a little bit about what got you into social justice to begin with and also what got you connected to Humanity Rising. Yeah, so I'll start with uh, how I got connected to Humanity Rising. It was actually a really small introduction with Debbie at my high school. I graduated from a CPS school uh, here in Chicago, George Westinghouse College Prep. Um, I was the second class to graduate from that class. And um, it was something that I, it was the first time I heard from it, but I was, at the moment, I was volunteering at uh, Breakthrough, which is a community service organization uh, in the west side, Garfield Park of Chicago. And there we were working with children who you know, were exposed to violence around their neighborhoods and overall just providing them um, tutoring and mentoring after school. Um, and from there, I, the basketball coach at the moment, he told me, he's like, hey, you, you know, you're volunteering here, so have you heard about Humanity Rising? And I actually did not, and so he introduced me and told me all about it, and it just went hand in hand with what I was doing. And on top of that, it was gonna provide me a scholarship to go to college, and it just it just worked out. That's so amazing, and honestly, I think that's one of the greatest things about working with Community Rising, is I get to see so many students come in, you know, have that passion for social justice, but then really be able to take it one step further, get their scholarships, and follow their passions with whatever they want to do. And you had mentioned children in specific. So you mm -hmm. said you were tutoring children. Expand a little bit more as to, you know, how that love for helping children came in specific and what you've been doing with it so far. Yeah, so um, like I said, in, in high school, I was volunteering with children um, and it all came from, and it grew from Girl Scouts. I was actually a Girl Scout when I was really young. Um, and we will volunteered at different places to write letters, read to kids. Um, and overall, like we, the volunteers at the moment helping me, uh, my sister was also a Girl Scout. Uh, they were from Loyola University. And they, that's where I heard the term social work. They were social workers as well. And they just kind of volunteered and getting hours and helping around the community because um, we were in Edgewater, which is right by close to, close to Evanston, I'm sorry, close to Loyola. And so a lot of students would just go there. Um, but from there, realizing I really appreciated how much they helped me and helped me navigate, kind of network and learn more about what is it being, one, in Chicago in such a big city, but also how to network, how to speak with others that probably I would, would have found intimidating before if it wasn't for that program. And so from there, seeing everything that I have received and gained, it made me really want to give back everything that I received and really work with the children. Um, I knew that at some point I didn't just want to be a volunteer, but I also wanted to work for kids specifically, those in the in communities that um, are in very unfortunate circumstances, um, such as there's a lot of violence in the community, um, there, you know, there's, there's food deserts or anything like that. Um, but then as I grew older and saw how my community was being affected, specifically with uh, immigration 
and be, me being myself, a DACA student, I wanted to give back more to the Spanish-speaking community. And so that's when I decided that I wanted to be in child welfare, which that's, that's the, what I graduated in. And from there, I just started working. I started in foster care, and now I'm an in-tech worker, a bilingual in-tech worker. So I help the community here in Chicago um, and those that need the aid, specifically because there's not a lot of resources in Spanish, especially in the social work, and there's not a lot of Spanish-speaking social workers. I honestly wish that we had met sooner because we have so many similarities. Um, I was a Girl Scout as well. Troop 60397. I've been Chick a Girl 11. Scout. <laughs> I've been a Girl Scout since. I was like three years old um, and exactly what you said you know we were able to go out really explore different communities see the need in each community and then follow our passion to see which one we connected with the most um, funny enough the second similarity is that I actually lean towards foster children as well mm. and so a few years ago I started a nonprofit called needed but forgotten that essentially donated used suitcases from companies such as Samsonite to foster agencies um, around California specifically because that's where I was born and raised, uh, which is kind of crazy because I think not a lot of students know the difference between something like a foster agency and mm -hmm. an orphanage. So I think it's really interesting having both of us sit here knowing exactly what the foster agency community looks like um, and both finding a passion in that. However, you know, there's not a lot of, um, I guess, coverage for all communities out there, right? There yes. are some that are more underrepresented especially in such a big city like Chicago. So what are some of you know the social justice issues that you've seen around Chicago that maybe don't have enough voice to them? And how can students really take that step up and use their networking to be able to explore those different communities? Um, I think overall there's a lot. You know, it's hard to pinpoint exactly, but just to name a few, just right now what we're seeing the most is justification of most of the neighborhoods that have been rooted in the Chicago area for a long time. Um, you pass by certain areas and a lot of the people that have been there for years are moving, are leaving their community, something that they've built and made it home, you know, a, a home outside their home because they, they migrated here or, um, or just overall a community where they felt safe. So that's something that they're struggling with, but also just the lack of resources for of brown students, black black and brown students. The schools um, such as in Englewood are closing, um, which is, uh, you know, the history behind Englewood is a, it's a very sad, saddened history just because they don't really speak about it. They only speak about, you know, the danger that there is and the bad things that are happening, but they never speak about the success stories and everything that the miners there have to offer to Chicago, to the city, and all the amazing things that have been doing. Um, but also just food deserts overall. If you look at it in, the Chica in Chicago, there's a lot of empty lots that are not being utilized. Um, and so I, I'm actually a mentor for Chicago Scholars and there's two students right now that are working on the capstone project, which that's what they wanna do. They wanna turn um, food lots into um, farmer markets slash kind of like a community garden to provide different fresh fruit vegetables yeah. for the community. And I think that's amazing because as they were explaining, some you don't see a grocery store around the corner as you would in the north side. So seeing the differences there is in just the city overall, it's, it's sad, but it's real. And I don't think we speak about it enough. Yeah, definitely. I actually just took a class I'm a freshman right now at UT Austin, so still very new to the classes, but 
last semester I took class, a class called Physical Activity and Social Justice, our physical activity and culture. And essentially what we really got to learn about is a lot of pockets within cities that don't get provided enough green space, don't get provided, you know, the parks that other places do. And because of that, we're creating food deserts as well. And so they actually are going hand in hand to each other. So I thought that was a really cool way to link something like physical activity that a lot of people mm -hmm. could potentially take for granted. You know, you have your gym, you can just run on the street, but that's not always the case yeah. in so many of the communities. And that goes back to what you were saying about simply having, you know, enough information out there, having students actually talk about these, because if the media is not going to talk about it, then we need the students to pick themselves up and we need them to be the voices to spread information and educative tools to our communities about such issues. Um, so I guess that brings us to one of our last questions, but you mentioned that you worked a lot with the Spanish speaking community. Um, how has that been for you and how do you think that affects your social justice path? Um, well, I guess here in Chicago, I've only been working with the Spanish-speaking community for about half a year. Um, I've worked a lot in the Urbana-Champaign area, that's, that's where my alma mater is. Um, but working mostly with students, undocumented students, and advocating, looking for different opportunities to not only get some financial aid in order to help them pursue their education, but also um, outside of that, because I think that's something that we don't see or uh, again talk about a lot it's yes we provide financial education uh, financial aid for their education to pay for college but there's also outside finances like yeah. rent food um, and that's something that perhaps a student is has school taken care of but they they have family members back at home that they're helping with bills uh, and they on top of that they got to pay their own bills yeah. so working with that um, I was part of this organization called ICOS that uh, it's in it was founded in the University of Illinois, Ben Champaign, um, where a lot of the students there just advocated for undocumented students and created rallies, different events that just helped the Urbana Champaign community learn more about what being a DACA student is or just overall what being an undocumented student is. Yeah. And then here um, in Chicago, I'm back working with just families and helping them navigate the, go the government lingo because okay. a lot of people are like, well, you know, someone just called DCFS on me and uh, they're freaked out. They don't want to speak or receive any type of aid for fear of being deported or, you know, not being understood of what exactly do they need right. or not even understanding the culture itself. Because a lot of the times when there is certain hotline calls made, it's mostly because there's a difference or misunderstanding of the culture. Um, and so ha being able to bring in that inside of, you know, being Mexican, bringing uh, or overall just understanding the Hispanic community, it's bringing in a spotlight and kind of decreasing those amount of families that are in the system for a really long time. Yeah, you're essentially acting as kind of the person that breaks down the barriers mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, fully assimilate and integrate all the students equally and provide them the equal opportunities that mm -hmm. they that they need for sure. And I think that's such a noble cause. Mm -hmm. And we're so, so grateful for you for that. Um, to kind of close it off then, I guess, you know, for other students who are looking at the work that you're doing, um, who wanna either help children or are Spanish speaking um, and wanna help their communities, what are some of the first steps that they can take to get involved? 
whether it's in college or just in the community around them if they're in Chicago, what are some things that they can do immediately right now to stand up and say, hey, I have a voice, I really want it to be heard, I'm not sure you know, what path I can take, how can I follow footsteps like yours? Yeah, I think definitely one, it's networking. Networking really brings you and takes you to different places that you would never imagine. But second off, just doing research, I feel like that there's a lot of organizations in Chicago or just in any area where they, they're in need of volunteers. They're in need of people to go out there and, and help in the community, whether it's in person via Zoom, especially during these COVID times. Um, but there's just not enough information that essentially it trickles down to, let me create my own, which is great, it's amazing. But if we can unite all of those forces and kind of become all one together, it, it will be beneficial for everybody. Yep, I think that's a perfect note to end on. Humanity Rising always aims for unity and peace at the end of the day mm -hmm. um, and leveraging our students' voices to get our social justice out there and into the world to make change for the better. So with that, thank you so much. That's thank the you end. for having me today. Of course. That is the end to another What Cause Inspires You podcast episode. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.